Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord. We thank You for this gorgeous day. We thank You, Father, for all the, all the physical things that uh, You just give us richly all things to enjoy, Father. And, and for all the time that we, uh, that we spend as we should thanking You for all the spiritual blessings that we have, Lord, we know that, that You are the provider of all things, all good things. And, and Lord, we do uh, thank and praise You, and we are so grateful. And for those spiritual blessings, Lord, here in this life and in those heavenly places and in the world to come. Father, you're just our, you are our sufficiency in all things. And Lord, we pray tonight that you would be that for us as we look into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans and chapter 14. Let's read, oh, the first several verses. We'll get to uh, verse 9, or let's read to verse 9 and see how far we get. Romans 14, Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth, yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live... We live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Okay. So now what Paul is is bringing us into here, we were still in the uh, in the context of. Of, of human relationships and and what how our conduct and our behavior ought to uh, ought to manifest itself in this the dispensation of the grace of God and here in Romans chapter 14 is really uh, very much a call to grace from the Apostle Paul to you and me as members of the body of Christ. He talks about him that is weak in the faith. Receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. You know, there are different ways uh, in Paul's epistles and under grace, there are different ways to, to deal and interact and relate with different kinds of people. If you hold your hand here and, and look just a, a few of them in uh, 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5, Paul talks about uh, weak brethren along with some others. 
1 Thessalonians and chapter 5. And we, we, need to, uh, we need to be careful and to be studious in this regard because there are different, uh, different ways to act, different responses that are proper and godly in different situations. Paul, one time he'll say, be, be meek and be uh, gentle and forbearing and so forth. On the other hand, he'll say in certain cases, rebuke them sharply. Um, in, in a case like this, he says, he that is weak in the faith, receive. Others, he says, avoid, turn away from, um, mark them and so forth. So it is something that, uh, it, it's not a one-size-fits-all uh, Kind of a kind of a life. Now, what that does for us is it really works against our just kind of walking through this Christian life on our own instincts and our own personalities. Because if you tend to be a gentle person, you're going to tend to be that way in all situations. If you tend to be an assertive uh, person, you're going to tend to be that way in all situations. And the fact is that none of those things are appropriate in all situations. So we really need to depend on the Word of God and know the Word of God to be able to, uh, to discern from one person to a next, from one situation to a next, what is the godly thing to do here? Because after all, we're not living to ourselves. We're living unto the Lord. So that's always the question. First Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, Paul says, verse 14, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. It's very similar to what uh, to what he told us at the beginning of Romans chapter 13. Don't render evil for evil. So he says, if you've got someone who's unruly, now, in the, uh, in the context of 1 Thessalonians, someone who's unruly is someone who won't work. These Thessalonians, uh, some of them had quit their jobs anticipating the soon return of the Lord. And Paul says, now you're just walking around busybodies and so forth. And, uh, and he calls that unruly. So in the immediate context, that's what that is. But there are all kinds of ways for someone to be unruly. He says, those folks, you, you warn them. The uh, uh, if you've got someone who's uh, feeble-minded, you can you know do do what you will with that. He says comfort. You don't uh, you don't rebuke. You know the Lord when He came, the uh, the prophet said that that a smoking flax He wouldn't quench, and a bruised reed He wouldn't break. And that's someone who's uh, that's the weak. And the feeble-minded here, that smoking flax is a, you know what that is? That's a wick that's been lit, but it's gone out. And it's just smoldering now. And you don't go and, and, and squash it. You don't, you don't go to a brother or a sister who used to be strong in the Lord, but now they've, they've fallen back, some kind of circumstance in their life, whatever it is. You don't, you don't get up in their face 
in uh, in a situation like that. A smoking flax, you don't want to you don't want to quench. You want to be gentle. How do you get that flame going again? It's not a it's 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 not a strong wind that's going to do that. It's a soft, steady breeze that's going to that's going to bring that flame back again. And a bruised reed, you know what a reed is? It's a stick of grass. And a bruised reed is even more feeble, more uh, uh, tender still. So you don't want to go someone who's hurt, someone who's 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 been uh, who's been affected somehow, and it's and it's hurting their their Christian walk. You don't want to just go stomping in there and say, you know, hey, look, you know, shake it off, uh, you know, rub some dirt in it and get over yourself. You don't you don't treat people that way in those situations. Sometimes, Paul tells Titus, the, uh, the Cretans are always liars and evil beasts and slow bellies and, and all those things that he calls them there. And he says, therefore, rebuke them sharply. So, but here, we've got a weak brother back in Romans 13. And, and Paul says here in, uh, to the Thessalonians, uh, support the weak. For Romans chapter 14 again. So the weak need our support. Now the weak brother here is not necessarily an immature brother, because you can see from the uh, from the context as Paul goes down here, Paul expects this weak brother to uh, to act in some in some deeply gracious ways. And the strong brother, he expects to do so also. A weak brother here is not necessarily a young saint or someone who's not, uh, who doesn't, hasn't learned a lot yet. It's someone whose conscience is not able to handle, to fully handle the liberty that we have in Christ. Paul brings out two examples in this passage, but what he's really talking about, he says in verse 1, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. So that's the the context of Romans 14, is doubtful disputations. Doubtful things. Things um, Things that are or can be matters of, uh, of conscience. Things that, uh, things that are what we call non-essentials. You know, they say, uh, in, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. And that's, I think it was Augustine who first said that. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's talking about the non-essential things and for there to be liberty among the brethren. So we're to receive the weak in the faith. You don't throw them out of the church. You don't disassociate yourself from them. This is not one of those people you're to mark and avoid. We're to support the weak, but not to doubtful disputations. So we're not we're not going to argue about uh, meats and days and that kind of thing. For one verse two, one believeth that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. So that's the first example that we get is dietary restrictions. Now we know that. This church, like a lot of these churches, were mixed uh, with with Jews or ex-Jews and Gentiles or ex-Gentiles, now members of the body of Christ. And upbringing and background 
And we, you know, those things come into play in, in these matters that Paul is talking about here. And it, when we interact with each other and we, and we disagree with one another over, uh, over some non-essential thing, there's all kind of things that come into play. We all come from different places, different backgrounds, different parents, different families, different friends, different neighborhoods, different schools. There's, there's, there's all kind of things that go into what make us who we are. And, and you and I are not the same, and, and, and no two of us is. We're always going to see something differently. So the question is not, how do we all get to think alike? The question is, what do we do with the fact that we all think and see things differently? So Paul says, he says, One believes that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Now, what you do not want to take away from this passage, come over to First Timothy, is the uh, for chapter 4 is the idea that it doesn't make any difference. Paul he uses two examples in this passage of doubtful things. One is meats, dietary uh, issues. Another is uh, days, holy days, uh, days to be observed above others and so forth. Those two issues he brings out, which are representative of a whole host of things. What Paul is not saying in that passage is that it doesn't matter. It does matter. Paul deals with these. You read the commentaries on Romans chapter 14, and, it, and, and almost uh, many of them that I've looked at say Paul is talking about things that are not directly addressed in Scripture. So the things that are not directly addressed in Scripture, we ought not judge one another over. The problem with that is that these things that Paul's talking about are... are very well addressed in Scripture in his epistles. He talks about observing days, and he talks about uh, meats and, and dietary restrictions. So these are not things that are not addressed. They're not things that aren't important, that don't matter. Paul's not saying, look, one is, is the same as the other. You want to observe a day, observe it. You don't want to, don't. If you want to eat meat, that's okay. If you don't want to eat meat, that's perfectly fine. It's all uh, equal. He says it's the weaker brother who refuses to eat the meat. It's the weaker brother who esteems one day above another. So there is a difference. First uh, Timothy, we all know the passage, chapter 4. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. And if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. So it does make a difference. Paul isn't saying it doesn't matter. In fact, he tells Timothy, and by extension every uh, uh, preacher, that he ought to tell his congregation, look, there are no unclean meats. It's not, uh, it's not six of one, half a dozen to the other. But here's the difference. 
What these folks are doing, you notice he says they've departed from the faith. Now that's different than being weak in the faith. These folks, this is not a personal issue. This is not one person in in a congregation or two or ten or however many who have have a personal conviction about these things. This is someone who's telling, who's teaching the church, the congregation, and commanding them to abstain from meat. There's the difference. And that's a huge difference. You don't take someone who's weak in the faith and, you know, ordain him pastor of, uh, of your church. So there's a difference between somebody in the pew who has uh, you know, personal conviction about this and someone who's commanding other people. In fact, that's exactly what Paul deals with in Romans chapter 14. Don't impose your convictions on these extemporaneous things upon each other. Back in Romans 14. So, there's, so on the one hand... You've got someone who's weak in the faith and needs the support of those who are strong, which means you don't you don't crush him with uh, you know don't you know that you know you've you, you've fallen back into legalism and 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 God is displeased in, in all of these kind of things. You show them verses like like the Timothy verse there maybe once <laughs> not every not every week um, and. You, you allow each other to grow in, in grace and you give each other space to do that. Back in Romans 14, one believeth, verse 2, that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. That he's uh, vegetarian. That's not even don't eat pork. That's no meat at all. Uh, not that it makes a difference. Let not him that eateth... Every time I say that, I think of Archie Bunker. Eateth, let, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. Now here's, here's, the, here's the issue. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. So there's the, there's the potential for, uh, uh, for disobedience. Look, the potential for disobedience is not in eating the meat or not eating the meat. That's Paul's point. The potential for disobedience is what we do with one another as we, as we all are kind of growing and, and being strengthened in the faith. And the, and the traps here. Someone who is uh, very strict with themselves in, in, in these kinds of things. You got that person on the one side. Someone who is just enjoying their liberty in Christ. Um, not that those two are mutually exclusive. Over here. So you've got someone over here who's, who's allowing himself to do these doubtful things. You know, today it's not so much eating meat, although it's getting to be that. You've got, you know, go, going to movies, you know, watching television. Used to be that, uh, uh, you know, Christian TV, Christian radio was, uh, was looked down upon because after all, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. 
and 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 you can't associate yourself with all these with you know these things that are flying through the air when they were all new you know people got on that and say you listen to Christian radio or you're going to put a, put God's word on Satan's airwaves you know that these things change with time and with culture and with generations uh, things that are considered sins today were not yesterday and vice versa and all of that these are all things that that are that are gray areas so so you've got the one person who's living a very straight and and narrow life in in terms of these doubtful things and he's going to look over at this guy who's doing those things that the Lord allows to be done and he's going to say well you're not as spiritual as I am you're not uh, you're not as mature and he's going to judge him for doing those things you're you're living a loose Christian life then you've got this guy over here who's doing what he's doing because he knows that he's got the liberty in Christ to be able to do it and he looks over here at this guy and he says well you're just a, a, a weak legalistic uh, um, a person who just who just doesn't have the faith to understand what you know Christ accomplished for us so so what you end up with is you end up with two people who are not being disobedient in the things that they're doing but they're being disobedient in their relationship to each other over the things that they're doing. So Paul says, Let him that eateth despise, not despise him that eateth not. Don't, and that word despise there, and we've said this before, it means to look down on. To, it doesn't mean to hate or to loathe. It means to think less of. Don't despise the one that eateth not. Let not him that eateth not judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. So he tells us up in verse 1 to receive one another. And the reason he gives is because God has received that that brother, that sister. Who art thou that judgest? Now you know Paul seems to be a little harder on the guy who's judging than on the guy who's despising. Maybe that's coincidence, I don't know. But he, he kind of goes on to continue to rebuke the guy who's judging. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth, yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. These are not things that are going to... Uh, uh, that are going to cause someone to uh, to come away better or worse at the judgment seat of Christ, and even more in in some of these cases, brother might be looking at, at another one and going, "Look, you're not even saved, or or you're going to lose your salvation, or something like that." And Paul's saying, "No, look." God is able to, to, to hold them up and He will hold them up. You're not, you're not going to fall in, in that sense. So, who am I? Who art thou to judge another man's servant? We're all servants of Christ. Christ will, uh, will have His judgment day and we will all stand there. So, it is not, it's not for us to judge one another. In fact, Paul tells the Corinthians... He says, it's a very light thing if I be judged of you. Yea, I judge not my own self. Because I don't know anything by myself. The Lord will judge me at that day. My business is to keep a clear conscience and to be obedient. 
watch my own, you know, the the, the old uh, uh, beam in your own eye before you look at the moat in your brother's. He shall be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Now, this, come over with me to, uh, to Galatians. Galatians and uh, chapter 4. Because here too, this idea of esteeming one day above another. Holidays, Sabbath days, Sunday. Is Sunday a special day above other days? Some Christians would say it is. Some Christians say it's not. The ones who say it is may be tempted to look at the other one and say, well, you don't, you don't revere uh, the Lord's Day. And even if they know it's not the Lord's Day, uh, you know, we've got one day a week that we set aside especially to come together and worship the Lord and, and, and you don't esteem that higher than, than any other day. What's your problem? And the other one looks back and he says, well, I esteem every day to the Lord. So you can't exalt one day because they're all... Uh, they, they all exist to the Lord. All you can do is diminish all the others. So, so you think you're exalting this day, but what you're doing is you've got six days of the week that you don't think of as highly as you ought to. And the other one, you know, so they argue back and forth that way. And they're both persuaded, fully persuaded in their own mind that, the, uh, that they're right and the other one's wrong. Paul says, let them be. Let them be fully persuaded in their own mind, and you be fully persuaded in your own mind. And if there's an issue of growth or of strength or of uh, some kind of uh, something that maturity, perfection that needs to take place, let it happen in the context of that gracious uh, local assembly where people are being edified and taught and built up in the faith and so forth. Galatians chapter 4. Again, this uh, this issue of days in and of itself is uh, can be a very serious issue. Paul says in, in Galatians chapter 4, verse 8, Howbeit then, when you knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods, but now, after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and times and years. I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. He goes on uh, down in verse 20. I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. Talking about doubtful things. Paul says, I stand in doubt of you. Now the Galatians problem was very similar to what we saw over there in 1 Timothy. These are not, these are not brethren who are weak in the faith. These are brethren who have come out of that. Paul says you used to be occupied with those things, but you've learned better what you've done. What these guys are doing now is they're desiring to go back under the law. This has become a, uh, a not an issue of conscience, but a doctrinal uh, uh, beginning of apostasy for them. 
They're going, they, they've already come into the light of the liberty of Christ. That's why he tells them at the beginning of chapter 5, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. And he says, tells them Christ is, is, is going to profit you nothing if you do this. So again, this is a different situation than what we've got in Romans chapter 14. These are people who, are, who, are, who know the truth and are allowing themselves to be led off into apostasy. Paul says, I marvel that you're so soon removed. It's not that you haven't gotten there yet. You were there and you're letting yourself uh, be, be removed back into, uh, into Judaism. So, again, I want to show you these verses because it's important that we understand it's not that these things don't matter. The things aren't the issue. The people in Romans 14 are doing doing the same thing as people in Galatians and uh, observing the same things that you read about there in Timothy. It's not what you're doing. It's the heart and the spirit and the motivation. It's, and that's Paul's point. These are issues of, uh, of the inner man. Let's not get hung up on what somebody eats and, and doesn't eat. Back in Romans 14. Even the Lord said during the kingdom program, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out. And that stress on the on the inner man started uh, back there. Romans 14 and verse 5 again. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. Now here, this is another critical issue and point here while we're thinking through these things and building them into our lives. Here's the question. Are you... Uh, denying yourself or are you allowing yourself either or are the things that you do done in conscience to God or are you trying to fulfill some kind of fleshly uh, uh, either religious compulsion or are you trying to look one way or another in the sight of men What is your motivation? Regardless of whether you partake or don't partake, that's not the issue. The question is, why? Why do we do what we do? Paul says, assuming the best in these two hypothetical brethren, he says, he that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. That's why he esteems that one day above the rest, because he has set that day and sanctified it in his own mind and heart unto the Lord. He that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. Same thing. I esteem every day alike, every day of the week of the month of the year of my life is fully and wholly dedicated to the Lord. So again, two very different viewpoints 
but very similar, the same motivation. And Paul said the motivation is what's, is what's honorable. To the Lord he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord. For he giveth God thanks. That's what we just read in First Timothy. No creature, there's nothing to be refused. God has given us all things. And it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer if we eat it with thanksgiving. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks. Thank you, Lord, for, uh, for giving me the, uh, the, the discipline, the, um, uh, the vision, the, 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 uh, the ability to be able to, to keep my body under in service to you. And, uh, and they're both doing what they're doing and praising the Lord for it and doing it in conscience toward Him. For no, and giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. So again, there's the issue. Why are we doing it? Am I doing it for me? Now it, it becomes something I need to think about, and I need to go over, and I need to ask myself. Am I doing it as unto the Lord? Well, that's a, that's a more, uh, a more notable, noble and uh, an acceptable motive, regardless of which side of the aisle you, you fall on here. For whether we live, no man liveth unto himself, and no man dieth unto himself. The things I do are not for my benefit. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. I love that verse. It's that that's pretty self-explanatory. I can't really uh, I can't really add much to that. Hold your hand here. Come to Second uh, Corinthians chapter five. Paul can add a little bit of something to it, which is basically saying the same thing. So here's here's how I need to think about this now. I've got a brother who sees this meat issue or this day issue differently than I do. My response to that now is to think in, in my own mind, uh, remember, charity believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, thinketh no evil. If I love my brother, I am going to assume that what he or my sister, what she does, they do for the motivation that Paul attributes to them. They're doing it as unto the Lord. I'm not going to say, well, they're just doing that so they can look holy and pious in, in, in front of people, or he's just claiming to have liberty because he's got flesh issues and he's got to go to the movies and, and play cards and, and do all these other things. I can't, I can't look at it that way. Paul says, don't look at it that way. You have to look at that brother and assume that his motives are pure and godly and noble. That's what love does. It thinks no evil of another, of a brother. It, it believes all things. We believe the best in each other. And if the motives are noble, that's, that's, the, that's the end of the issue. Again, there's growth to be had for all of us. And you're talking about a weaker brother. But that's why we get together. Not to fight, but to support and to build each other up. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse uh, thirteen. 
For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. Now there's an, there's an addition to the, to the verse we just read in Romans. In Romans, Paul says, if we live, we live unto the Lord. If we die, un, we die unto the Lord. Paul says, if we're nuts, we're nuts unto the Lord. That's what he's saying, beside ourselves. He says, if I, you guys think I'm crazy, and you got people going around there saying I'm crazy. Well, if I'm crazy, it's to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Either way, we're not doing any of this for ourselves. If I'm sane, it's for your sake. If I've got a sound mind, it's for your edification. If I'm nuts... If I do things that are absolutely irrational to the human viewpoint, well, praise God, it's because I'm a Christian and that's what we do. We're a peculiar people. So if I be beside myself, it is to God. Whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we Him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, if you take that passage in a... Uh, in a, in a personal and interpersonal context, that's very similar to what we just read in Romans chapter 14. Now, there's a dispensational uh, power to this passage, but there's a personal one as well. And when Paul says, we don't know any man after the flesh anymore, he's not just saying, well, you used to be Gentiles in the flesh, and you used to be Jews in the flesh, and you were the uncircumcision, and you were the circumcision, and that's not true anymore. He's saying that. But he's also saying that one-on-one, -on -one, individually, as Christians, we don't know each other after, after the old man. Why? Because we don't live unto ourselves. We're all alive... In Christ, the old man is dead, is crucified. So I don't know you after your old man, after the flesh. You don't know me after the flesh. You say, well, you don't know how well I know you. Well, that, <laughs> that, may, be, that may be true, but these are matters of faith that we're talking about here. So again, how do we look at one another? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, look, see. All things are become new. All things are become new. When I look at you, when you look at me, Christ in me sees Christ in you. That's, that's how we relate as Christians to, to one another. So, the whole idea there of we don't live to ourselves and we don't die to ourselves, that's, that's the idea. Paul says, I'm crucified unto the world, and the world is crucified unto me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And to see myself that way is the beginning of my spiritual growth. To see you that way means I've come along a little bit. 
So that's what this is what we're shooting for. Recognize your own position in Christ. That's a tremendous step in this in in the spiritual walk to recognize each other's position in Christ is a step further. Romans 14. Close it up. Verse 7 again, None of us live to himself, no man dieth unto himself. Whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. So the Lord Jesus Christ died for us and rose again so that we could die and rise again. And the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord, both of the dead and of the living in every sense whether that is uh, he is the, the, the judge and the, and the suppressor and, 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 and executioner of my old man who's dead, or he is the Lord and sovereign and authority over my new man who is alive, or whether it's the brethren who have gone on before and, and we who are alive and remain, any way you want to look at that, the Lord is the Lord both of the dead and of the living because he died and he rose again. So he gets uh, the domain and the dominion in all of those places and over all of these things. And if we keep that in mind, I am not your master, you are not mine, we are brethren. We have, like Pastor taught on Sunday, one Lord who we all serve commonly and together, and we are fellow servants not servant and master or servant and judge or uh, lowly one and, and, and despiser. We're fellow servants, all under one Lord. And if we keep that in mind, it'll get us closer to where Paul is calling us to be here. I will leave it there.